Next up, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He's the person Trump has attacked more often than any other member of his administration. He did it again on Monday this week when he said, quote, it's a disgrace what's going on, close quote. And he said he wished he had, quote, a different attorney general, close quote. Of course, that's because Jeff Sessions is protecting the investigation of Trump by special counsel Robert Mueller. Does that make Jeff Sessions a hero of the resistance? For comment, we turn to David Cole. He's national legal director of the ACLU and legal correspondent for The Nation magazine, and he teaches law at Georgetown. His most recent book is Engines of Liberty, How Citizen Movements Succeed. David, welcome back. Thanks for having me, John. Well, we want to start with the FBI raid on Monday on the office and homes of the private attorney of the president of the United States, Michael Cohn. The president called this an attack on our country. We want to know whether that's the way you see it. My understanding of what happened is that in order to get a search warrant, you have to convince a federal magistrate that there is probable cause that the premises contain evidence that a crime was committed and that the only way to preserve this evidence is with a surprise raid, not by asking for it with a subpoena because the person in question might destroy it. Is this correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, and not only that, when the government goes after files in an attorney's office, you know, that's, that's an extraordinary step. They don't do that lightly. And their own internal procedures provide that they have to get very high level approval before they can even ask a judge to authorize them to conduct a search of an attorney's uh, offices. And so it has to be approved by the, the lead prosecutor in New York, the head of the office, the U.S. attorney there, who was appointed by Donald Trump. It also has to be approved by uh, an assistant attorney general, the very basically number two person in the, or number two or three person in the Justice Department, appointed by Donald Trump. And then they have to go to a judge and demonstrate probable cause to believe that there's uh, evidence of, uh, of crime and that uh, they can't get it through the ordinary uh, means. And then they also have a whole set of procedures that are uh, put in place because it's attorney files for how it's reviewed and uh, and ensuring that they're not invading other um, uh, clients' privileges. But, you know, Trump made a big thing about the attorney-client privilege, but there is a well-established, going back to the foundation of the privilege itself, exception to the privilege, and it's called the crime-fraud exception. If you are using your attorney to commit crime or to commit fraud, I mean, there's no privilege. There's an exception to the privilege. So, you know, I, I think here, you know, we'll see what the, what the facts uh, ultimately reveal, but there's reason to believe that this lawyer violated the campaign finance laws by paying off Stormy Daniels, violated other laws by uh, in getting someone to threaten Stormy Daniels' uh, child uh, if, uh, if she didn't shut up about uh, Trump. And, uh, and, and it sounds like uh, from what we're seeing now that there may be, there may be other payoffs uh, that were uh, involved as well from this very attorney. So he's, he, if he's engaging in criminal conduct, he can't, on behalf of Trump, he can't invoke the attorney-client privilege to protect that. So was this, as the president says, was this raid on the office in homes of the private attorney of the president, was this an attack on our country or is it an example of the rule of law? Yeah, I think it's the latter. 
working for the president doesn't get you immunity if you've committed a crime. That's right. And if in, if in fact there was not probable cause and the magistrate you know, should not have issued the warrant, that issue can be litigated. But this is the way the law is supposed to work. So no, it's not an attack on our country. The, the president, by attacking the ordinary processing of the rule of law when it applies to him, is the one who's engaged in an attack. So the president on Monday once again publicly attacked his attorney general. He said he wished he had appointed a different attorney general. Remind us about why Trump appointed Jeff Sessions attorney general in the first place. Well, you know, it's, it's remarkable that, 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 that Trump is so, has been so critical of Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions is Trump's most loyal servant. Jeff Sessions was the first member of the Senate to come out in support of Donald Trump. And he was his strongest supporter throughout the campaign. You know, so much so that when the Access Hollywood tape came out and uh, showing Trump bragging about grabbing women by the genitals, Sessions was asked by a reporter, would that constitute sexual assault, what President Trump was, was bragging about doing? And he said, no, I, 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 wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he, he, he was willing to, when everybody else was condemning Trump for the Access Hollywood tape, Jeff Sessions was going out and defending him. And he picked Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions reflected his agenda. He is a, uh, a, a he sort of a, harkens back to, uh, to, to sort of the Southern resistance to the civil rights movement. That's how he sort of came up in, in the world. He, he, he very um, prominently prosecuted a number of black civil rights activists for encouraging black voters to come out and vote when he was the uh, a U.S. attorney in, in Alabama. He was uh, an opposition to uh, a big opponent to criminal justice reform uh, as a senator. When he when when the, the Congress was considering whether to extend the hate crimes law to uh, hate crimes based on sexual orientation or gender, he opposed that and he said he opposed it because he just didn't think that women and, and, and gay people were subject to that kind of discrimination. <laughs> and, 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 and Trump named him to, uh, to be in, in charge of the office that is supposed to be enforcing anti-discrimination laws. But the reason that Trump is so publicly angry at Jeff Sessions, he says every time he complains about Jeff Sessions, is that Sessions recused himself from the Russiagate investigation. Did he really have to do that? Yeah, I think he absolutely had to do that. I mean, he uh, was caught essentially lying to Congress about his own connections uh, with the Russian ambassador while he was working for the Trump campaign. And so, you know, there was, he really had no choice but to recuse himself. It was the right thing to do. He did it. But, but Trump has, you know, Trump wanted uh, loyalty. He wanted loyalty and he wanted somebody who would act like uh, his private lawyer, Cohen, and do whatever it took to uh, block uh, anything that might potentially harm the president. And here, Sessions really couldn't do that. He had been caught out in a lie before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and had he not agreed to uh, recuse himself, it would have been a major, major impediment to his uh, doing anything. But the ironic thing to me is that 
Sessions not only was 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 Trump's first supporter and most loyal supporter during the campaign, but in his job, he has done more to uh, further the Trump agenda in in really troubling ways than almost any other cabinet member. He's been very effective. He's reversed uh, all of the uh, reforms that Eric Holder brought in to try to reduce mass incarceration and revived the war on drugs and reversed the Justice Department's position on voting rights cases. So now instead of supporting the right to vote, it's supporting suppression uh, of the vote. He's under his tutelage. For the first time in its history, the Justice Department supported a, a, a constitutional exemption to an anti-discrimination law in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. So he is doing the boss's bidding, and he's doing it faithfully, and he's doing it effectively, and yet what, what, he, what he gets for it is he's the most criticized member of the cabinet. You know, and I think at the end of the day, what it shows is that Trump cares more about his own skin then he cares about the agenda that he supposedly got elected to office to to uh, further. I want to just stick with that agenda for for another minute. So Jeff Sessions' actions as Attorney General have been challenged by the ACLU and outraged all of us on immigration policy, on voting rights, on criminal justice, on protections for LGBT individuals. But of course, all of these things were issues in the campaign. Trump openly campaigned on all of these issues, promising to change Obama's policies. He won the election. Now he's fulfilling his promises. Isn't that the way democracy is supposed to work? (laughs) Well, you know, yes and no. So yes, democracy is supposed to work in, in that we are supposed to elect people who will advance principles and positions that we choose. Um, you know, it's a, it's an odd uh, an oddity of our particular democracy that the person who got the three million fewer votes in the in the uh, national campaign won the election. But 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 really, I think that the, the thing is, you expect when there's a change of administration to be changes in policy. Absolutely. And when when Obama came in, there were changes in policy from Bush, and when Bush came in, there were changes in policy from Clinton. So you expect that. But this Sessions has taken that to an extreme. So, I mean, just to give you, you know, one example, in the voting rights context, the administration has not just changed its policy, but has actually switched sides in litigation where it had previously been arguing that the state of Texas was engaged in racial discrimination in its uh, gerrymandering of its districts. And on the exact same evidence, when, when, the, when, when Sessions came, it took over, he reversed the position and said Texas was not engaged in racial gerrymandering. Of course it was. The court found that it was, but the evidence didn't change. It was just that Jeff Sessions wasn't willing to call Texas out for what they were doing. And in Ohio, uh, in a case that we're involved in at the ACLU, it's in the Supreme Court right now, Ohio was striking voters from the rolls, from the registration rolls, if they didn't vote. Uh, sort of presuming that they had moved if they if they didn't vote and didn't respond to a single card sent in the uh, in the mail to them, this was a clear violation of the National Voter Registration Act, the Motor Voter Law, and had been seen as a clear violation by the Justice Department for 20 years since the law was enacted uh, under 
the um, first Bush administration, under the Clinton administration, under the second Bush administration, under the Obama administration, consistent across the board. This is what the law means. You can't do this, Ohio. And in fact, they filed a, uh, a brief in support of our case challenging the Ohio practice in the Court of Appeals. We won. Ohio took it to the Supreme Court. And the uh, under Jeff Sessions, the Justice Department switches sides and abandons a, an interpretation of the law that had been, you know, the, 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 the view of the Justice Department for 20 years under both parties. And suddenly it's in favor of knocking people off the rolls and suppressing the right to vote. That's not, uh, you know, that, that's extraordinary to just say a law means, some, means the opposite of what we said it meant for the last 20 years. Last question. Do you think Trump will try to fire Robert Mueller? And if so, what would happen then? We thought there were a lot of people out in the streets for the Women's March. If he fires Mueller, you're going to see uh, massive, massive demonstrations. Lindsey Graham, no no knee-jerk liberal, uh, has said it would be the end of his, uh, his, administration, his administration if he fires Mueller. Uh, you know, he's got to let that go. And I, th- I think, you know, he's, he's talked about firing Mueller. He hasn't done it yet. He's been talked out of it by his White House counsel, at least we know at one point. Uh, I think it's only when his back is against the wall and Mueller's going to bring him down anyway, would he in fact fire Mueller. And at that point, uh, I think, you know, his administration uh, is over. But but it remains to be seen. And, and you know, the, 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 you've got a Republican House, a Republican Senate. Will they have the nerve to go against their president and to try to hold him accountable? And if they don't, then what happens in the midterms? But I don't think at the end of the day he's going to be able to stop this investigation from running its course one way or another. David Cole wrote about Trump and Jeff Sessions for the New York Review. Thank you, David. Always great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, John. Pleasure. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.